If you're trying to up your game with video marketing on YouTube or other platforms, you really have got to understand that social media, YouTube, it's international. It's not just America, not just the UK, not just English, because it's the entire world. So you really want to understand how to do multilingual properties in YouTube, Facebook, etc. We've got an expert here, Brett Snellgrove, who's worked for some amazing companies. Now he's helping you specifically today. Brett Snellgrove, welcome to the Video Marketing Podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to always chat to you, Dane. It's been a long time since we've chatted face to face. Brett, please tell us what you do. Okay. So I have been working for probably over 10 years, um, primarily in the media and entertainment space doing digital video. So AVOD video, social video. I'm a strategic leader in the space in social media and digital video. Can we say some of those big brand names you've worked for? Sure. I've worked at um, BBC Studios. I've worked at Sony Pictures Entertainment. I've also worked at a previously at a company called Bus My Videos, which was a um, uh, creator management company. I was uh, the first employee for that one. That was a, a startup. That was a really interesting experience and got my start in this whole field. So let's talk about what is your first tip if you want to make sure you're taking advantage and supporting your viewers globally with YouTube? Okay. So I think the thing about multi-language, what I call multi-language localization, is that it is one of the hot topics that are happening right now this year. Um, I've already seen in the past couple of weeks so many companies releasing updates and reports and articles on the topic. We've seen um, previously the release on YouTube. You could do multi-language metadata and captions. Now they've added audio as well. Mr. Beast himself, who's the number one YouTuber out there, has now, instead of running a whole bunch of multi-language channels, he's now consolidating everything into one channel where he has multi-language audio available. So he's been able to... Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there because yeah. that's a ton of really good... You've just gotten started, but a lot of people are, are just learning this for the cool. first time. So I'm going to recap what you said is that... There used to be the ability, for instance, if you, like you said, the metadata, the titles, the thumbnails, the tags, that type of stuff, you could say, great, I want this in English, this in French, let's say, right? And same video, but you get that description and title in other things. So people, if they wanted to watch it, and also there's always been the ability to upload captions in other languages yep. and there's an automated translating service. But now there's this new option. Now, is this open to all people, big channels, partner channels? Who it's, it's slowly getting rolled out. There's, cause there's captions and metadata and there's about 40 languages gonna be supported with the audio function. It's still being rolled out. They're still making it available to different levels of creators and also then bringing in third-party uh, vendors as well to be able to work with it. But it is a game changer to be able to have dynamically served audio. So what that means is, and the, the reason why I love this so much is because 
you can leverage your existing video library, go back and do a mass optimization across it, just like you would do optimization of like titles and thumbnails and all this. Language optimization, in my opinion, is going to be the next big thing that people are going to do because it means that if someone has their YouTube setting, their language setting set to French, German, Spanish, whatever it is, if you have that language available in your metadata, in your captions, in your audio, it will automatically dynamically serve it up to that audience. So you've got one okay. video right. that can service multiple languages. Okay, so, and I've worked with channels and creators and businesses that have had, you know, you have one uh, channel in English, one in French, one in Spanish, one in German, um, one in Italian, and sometimes it used, this used to happen that you used to get uh, tagged for multiple uh, duplicate content. Mm -hmm. So you'd upload this one, and then on the other channel you have it in Italian, they said, hey, sorry, this is the exact same thing. You can't do that, and we were afraid that they were going to give us a major strike, so we actually stopped doing as much international stuff mm. because we were concerned that the algorithm was dinging us with these multiple uh, duplicative content issues. Okay. And, and, and so it might be for like a multinational business like an automaker or somebody like that that has or somebody like Uber that has business all around the world that they essentially make the same videos but want to make them accessible to different countries. What I hear you saying now is that you can upload, it's the same video, but a duplicate audio. Yeah. And if I am, if I have my settings so that let's say I'm watching everything in Spanish, that that Spanish will pop up, that I'm a native Spanish speaker. Spanish will happen by default. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. So wow. if, if you had it set to Spanish, your video is natively uploaded in English, but you've got Spanish metadata in there. They will see title descriptions if you translated it. They will, if you've got the audio uploaded, that will automatically switch for you. Just think about it in terms of you go to Netflix, you go watch a TV show, a movie, you have all those sure. language options for you. Imagine being able to do that on YouTube yourself. And I think it's applicable for people who want to reach an international audience, but also we all live in multicultural countries now. So like the US, for example, 15% of the population there speak Spanish. German's the, mm -hmm. the most popular language in, in Europe. French is the second most studied language in the world. Like there is a, um, a lot of reasons why it can be valuable to you to be able to reach new audiences that you may not be reaching or to be able to connect with them more deeply because you are making the effort to make that language available to them. Now, uh um, I, I want to dive just a little bit deeper into sure. this because, hey, I'm American. We don't know any other languages. We don't know where other countries are. We don't know, you know, anything other than the globe and not so sure we know too much about ourselves either. Everyone speaks English here. It's no big deal. American. 
Everyone should learn to speak English. Maybe if you want to grow your business or grow your channel, that may not be true. Apparently, there's this whole other world out outside of America, right? Yep. I mean, even in America, people may be watching in other languages, but not everyone in the United States focuses on those extra features that are at the bottom of the YouTube uh, player that show subtitles or toggle languages. Just just talk about that remedially for a minute. What What is that little stuff down there? Sure. So in every YouTube video, you have the option to be able to toggle captions. Either people might have already seen auto-generated captions that can appear. So you can select one of them or you can upload your own caption file in English or in other languages. It's fantastic because it's another layer of metadata that tells the platform what your video is about so it has a greater understanding and knows who better to serve it to. I would say nowadays there's a lot more stats coming out to support the fact that people are using captions a lot. 70% of Gen Z are watching videos with captions either because they're out and about or on their phone or things like that. 20% of the globe are hard of hearing. Like there is a lot of information out there about uh, supporting why it's a great way to make your content truly accessible. So a lot of people might think, look, maybe this isn't for us, but I can promise you, even if you were to put captions into your, into your videos, and even if you only put English in there, you would see an uptick. Start putting in more languages in there, you're going to see more and more of an uptick, and you're going to be discovering these new audiences that you can be reaching. So, so um, YouTube, once you upload a video, even if you do nothing at all, um, YouTube will, if you, let's say you're doing it in English, YouTube will manually caption your video. Now, you don't always see it unless you click that little caption button at the yeah. bottom. In the US, it's CC, but yeah. the browser uh, in other countries, it looks like different icons, but it's down at the bottom, whatever country you're in, there's some other symbolism that that is that little captions thing. But then there's that gear where you can click on any language and it takes that English and it transcribes it automatically. So it automatically transcribed it in English, then it transcribes it into any of these other languages based on Google Translate, essentially. Yeah. But what I hear you saying, which I also know to be true, is that you don't have to rely on Google's somewhat quirky translation yeah. because I have a different English accent than you do, for instance. And sometimes we're saying maybe a technical word or a new word, which is maybe the most important word in a video, but it doesn't get transcribed right because yeah. it's not a, but that's the word you want people to know. So when you upload that manual transcription, it actually gets translated better because you've done exactly. a manual trans transcription. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And exactly for the reasons that you're describing, the auto translates pretty good from what I've seen because it has to do it at scale and has to be able to do it in some auto way. 
but I think um, the barriers to entry now to be able to do it yourself and get it up there are less and less and less. And the technology is improving every single day. Like if you look at the progress of generative AI this year, I can't even fathom where we're going to get to by the end of the year. It's moving in leaps and bounds every single month in every area. And and the transcribing of human natural language is one of those Absolutely. ways. Like YouTube uh, are investing in that. Facebook are investing in it heavily for not just video, but multi multiple different areas where they see real value to be able to deliver language at scale. So how do I know if this feature has been enabled in my YouTube account? So and I where is it on an individual video? You, if you go into the Creator Studio, I believe you will probably need to have passed the initial threshold and be part of the partner program. But if you go to um, the Creator Studio, the section there called Subtitles, you can go into there and you can add in other subtitles files as well. And that's where it's also, if you've got uh, dubbed audio features available, you can access it there. You can also see um, being able to include your metadata in other different languages as well. And I've done this piece of work before and had other vendors work with us on that to be able to do that on mass then, to be able to go in and do the updating. So you can do it manually yourself. You can work with a vendor to do it. Um, if you've got a lot of videos, I'd suggest speaking to a vendor, see if they have a tool or an API that can help you to be able to get it uploaded and get it there on all those videos on your channel. So, so yeah, you're talking about someone who, who might do this for you. So what I hear you saying is that you want to upload a WAV file or an MP3 or something like that that's a duplicate audio but in that language yeah. that you may not even have ever spoken. How do I, uh, one, how do, how do I get that? You said a vendor. Let's, let's give out some names of vendors. Do you have any affiliate codes, by the way, or maybe I should get some? I don't have any affiliate codes. I try and be quite agnostic. Um, I have spoken to a lot of different kind of vendors who are out there and they're all doing different things at different levels and have different levels of USB. But I would say... Let's name some of them. There's um, a company called Papercup who's based here Papercup. out of London. They are great for factual news-based um, content. Um, there's vendors like AirIO or AirTech who based in Toronto, they, they do translation, captioning, dub work. Um, there's Unilingo have been around for a long while in the space. They've done translation work for like Mr. Beast. They are very experienced in the space. And more and more, the more I talk about this topic, the more vendors I find. Um, I would say mm -hmm. people are really interested in finding out more. You can go to find me on LinkedIn. I've got numerous different posts on the topic and in some of them I'm listing off who some of those vendors are. And let me let me reintroduce you. Brett Snellgrove, he's worked for some of the biggest media brands that you know, BBC, 
Sony, others, right? It's Sony, right? Yep. And and uh, you can find him on LinkedIn. Uh, what is that URL? So you, if you just search for Brett Snellgrove on LinkedIn, it's pretty easy to find me. Um, you'll see me as the strategic leader in social media and digital video. S-N-E-L-G-R-O-V-E. Correct. That's it. Okay, great. And I'm going to introduce myself here. My name is Dane Golden. This is the Video Marketing Podcast, which we put out on audio and video on my VidAction TV YouTube channel. My business's name, VidAction TV, where we help you up your game on YouTube, both organically and with YouTube ads. So back to our topic. There are a number of these terms. Now, we even actually need to define a difference because when you said translation, in some ways, it used to be that you were just doing this with the text. Now, you actually have to do it with the voice. Is this a specific person? Is this an AI voice this, that's doing this? Is there a, it's, can you just drop it in something? It becomes another language and the timing <laughs> is right. How does that all work? It's very interesting because each vendor do it differently. So most of them at the moment are still using real people, real voices to do it. Um, there's more and more progress around AI. The most, I think there's the best way people are approaching it is bridging the gap between recording someone to them be able to generate an AI voice from. Because the biggest thing that AI has difficulty doing is getting inflection, emotion, and things like that. And there's companies like DeepDub and Flawless that are trying to work on this for higher end of people who are companies like Sony who want to be able to dub stuff in other languages for cinema and television and stuff like that. Like there's so much work going on in this space. My advice to people- That's right, it's really dubbing. It's really dubbing, it's, right? It's Which is the absolutely dubbing. And my advice to people is do your research, even before you do your research, work out your priorities. What do you want to achieve? Do your research. There's plenty of companies out there. Go and speak to them. One of the key things you need is at least two levels of quality control or QC. So whoever's doing it need to be checking it. And then someone else needs to be checking it as well, just to make sure it is 100% accurate. Because if you're dealing in a language you have no familiarity with, you want to make sure you're putting it out there and you are really confident in the level of translation. And and there used to be the ability to crowdsource uh, like uh, tran printed translations, uh, I'm, I'm, now I'm losing captions yes. in another language. Like, And you could crowdsource it and someone of your viewer wants to volunteer one and you're like, great. Except it also could have said something like, and hey, don't, don't click on... Nick Nimmin, click on Dane Golden because I'm Dane Golden and I'm awesome. Yep, <laughs> exactly. And I think the price points are coming down more and more. I think um, it's becoming more and more accessible. I really think now is the time where, like I said, the barriers to entry are dropping more and more so that if, you, if anyone ever thought about this as an option, it's really worth going out there and exploring it because you probably will find that there is 
a vendor that's right for you and you can get back value. And from everything that I've done in the space and everyone I've spoken to, the value you get back is brilliant. You get more discoverability, you get more viewership, you get more retention. Now, um, of course, now you're going to have to hire all sorts of commenters in different languages to make sure, or maybe the AI will translate it for you. I don't know. I know. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a whole other world as well. Yeah, that's a whole other area. So, so here was one of my pet peeves from major startups like Uber and, and other companies is what they would do is they would start a company uh, YouTube channel, right? And they're an international startup, really big. And again, I keep harping on Uber because they used to do this a lot. But it, a ton of international companies would do this. They're like, great, we have a video now. It's an ad. Maybe it's a 30-second ad. We're going to upload it to our YouTube channel. And you know what? We're going we're gonna to be showing this in a lot of different countries. So it has to be in Croatian and Hungarian and Czech and so forth. So we're going to upload a different video in each of these different languages to our YouTube channel, like all in the same day. So we're uploading 12 videos for every country we service in different languages, same video. Well, what that does, it's an organic traffic killer. It will destroy and ruin your traffic because what happens if someone is has liked or subscribed or has a, become a watcher of your channel? Date, you know, some Tuesday now they've got twelve videos in their feed, eleven of which they don't speak the language yes. for, and so they're definitely not going to watch it. They may unsubscribe because now you're spamming them with with um, foreign language stuff that is not relevant for them. This solves that problem for businesses Absolutely. and creators too. Absolutely. And I think there's cases for using uh, multi-language localization. So taking one video, having multiple languages available in that one, link, one video versus running multiple different channels in different languages. The latter is if you have a real vested interest in a particular territory and you want to be able to access it via that language and you know there there's business or commercial value uh, that you want to achieve by having that localized content it is it would be truly localized in terms of you know if you think about things like your end screens if you have any anything there that would be in the right language oh right where obviously you can't do that if you are doing the multi-language localization. It's still going to have watch more, subscribe in English because there's no way to dynamically update that. But there is, I have heard as well, for both ends of the, both scenarios, there's great opportunity in terms of revenue if that is a play for you. So multi-language localization because you are increasing the likelihood of retention so people are watching that video more especially if it's english isn't their first language it's going to get recommended more it's going to be pushed up in the feed more there's going to be it's going to get recognized as a valuable video so therefore youtube will want to sell against it in terms of ads um, you have a great opportunity there 
the other cases. Stop there for a second. Yes. That was actually a great, a great thing because we don't just get watched by video marketers on this podcast. We get mar- watched by creators too. And so if you are, if, if getting revenue is an important thing for you and you actually are running ads on your YouTube channel, it's not meant to just drive business to your website. That ability when you are localized to a different country than the language you speak, now what's happening is that they can put that native language at the front of that video in an ad and you are significantly increasing your revenue. Yeah, yeah. And just think about if you are a creator, you're based in an English country, but you know you're getting audience out of Germany. You know you can't run a German channel. But... If you, if you get to a tipping point where you go, that German audience is looking big enough, I have enough time, resource, budget to be able to go and look into localization, you can rapidly be able to, to deploy that, get access to that audience and really massively increase not only that audience, but the overall audience for your channel. And suddenly you've got a massive boost. If you can do anything to improve your existing inventory you have on YouTube, that's what you want to do. And if you can do it en masse, even better. And, okay, now I have my own methods. I want to know yours. So you have a channel, great. And you're like, yeah, we need to expand, great. How do you know what sort of countries to expand to and... How do you know like what languages are watching your channel and what ones would be the ones you'd want to invest more time and money in? Sure, Because sure. Ev- everything costs money and time to make these translations. How do, you, how do you decide which ones to focus on? I think it's about your own priorities in terms of who your consumers or audience are based and who you're trying to access. You can go into YouTube analytics, you can look at geography, you can look at the breakdown there. Usually you will find US, UK is up there at the top, but you will also find Mexico. If you're, if you're in English speaking. We're, if we're you're in English speaking, English speaking, and that's, that's primarily what I can speak to, if you're English yeah. speaking, but then you'll also see India, Mexico, Germany, France, um, any number of the Spanish speaking kind of countries will start appearing there in terms of people who are watching your content. Now, you can also then dive deeper into your analytics and go, let's look at the views, let's look at the watch time, let's look at the revenue and the CPMs and things like that. There's, I, I've seen great success where if you are targeting a language where the alphabet is drastically different to your home mm-hmm. country alphabet. So I'm thinking Korean, Japanese, Arabic. Yeah. Um, you put captions on, you can instantly access that audience. And a lot of those countries have wow. fantastic CPMs. And because they're looking playback. at captions. Because they're looking at captions and we're not looking at captions because it's already in English and yeah. I'm American. I know American. I don't need these other languages, but I create this and they know how that caption functions, even if I don't. Exactly. And so they're watching it. Yes, exactly. And I often 
put in the title or the description, captions available. Like make it really clear to your audience to go, because it is, as soon as you look at YouTube analytics, you will see you're accessing a global audience. There's people all over the globe. There'll be people from Indonesia, Philippines, Turkey, everywhere who are watching your content. You pick the ones that are priority to you. You make sure you communicate in the easiest and subtle way to your audience that that's available for them. Upload, uh, update enough videos, and then you'll start seeing impact. Now, I want to talk about Dane Golden's hack that I've never seen anyone else talk about. There is a bug in YouTube's system, or at least there has been. I'm not sure if I've seen it lately, but it's de it's definitely been there. And, okay. And you might see this from time to time and wonder, why is this happening? So if you're the type of person that watches YouTube with captions on mm -hmm. all the time, like I do, because I just, uh, I just feel I can get more out of it if I'm seeing the words as I'm listening to yep. them. If you upload manual captions in several different languages, but, however, if you do not upload it in English, but you've uploaded it in Korean, Japanese, German, French, Italian, and Spanish, and so on, and Portuguese, something very weird happens. You know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't heard about this. Okay. I, I always include English. Okay. If you don't do it, because I've seen channels that don't do it, what happens is it doesn't show English as the as the captions, even if English is your default language. Yeah, okay. It shows, it shows. I think Korean, right, and I don't know right, why, right. but Korean maybe comes up as the first okay. language in order of languages because it's a character language. Um, so. I'm watching a video in English that's that's got manual captions, okay. but they're not manual captions in English. So the the automated captions get subverted, mm. and the mm. the number one manual caption shows up first. So I've seen this a lot, wow. but not so much lately. I don't know why, but um, that's a real thing. That's that's really interesting. But I think the great thing about that that speaks to whatever your native language is, upload that sub. That is the first caption file you need to be sure. putting in there. Absolutely. Sure. So, um, so, so what I hear you saying about prioritizing. So let's say you have, um, uh, let's say there's a lot of people in India watching, which there are a lot of people that watch YouTube in India. Yep. And sometimes they might speak English. Sometimes they might speak Bangla or any number of different languages, right? Because there's many possible languages in India. If you're a YouTuber, you might think, oh great, I'm gonna optimize for all these languages. But a lot of times, it doesn't really get the best CPM. Or if you're a business, you may not expect a lot of customers from, and I'm picking on India, but it could be any number of sure. countries where you're getting a lot of traffic, but you don't expect to do business there. Is it really worth your while? Or maybe you're targeting, you wanna expand into another market. You really wanna nail Let's say Latin America, okay, great. I'm going to do Spanish and Portuguese. Now, I want to ask about, because, hey, this is a big world. You and I both speak English. We don't always speak the same kind of English, but <laughs> we, we get the idea. Yep. Do you need to uh, upload different dialects? Because the Mexican, Spanish, and the 
Span- Spanish in mm. Spain and the mm. Spanish in Argentina, not always the same. N- not always. What about different versions of languages? There, where it's made available, there is options for Spanish, where there is um, Spanish that's relative to Spain and what I call Latin Spanish or or Spanish that is spoken around the rest of the world as another option as well. In, in most cases, though, I think... People will understand and be forgiving if they know the videos in an original language that's not their own. If there is some effort that's been made to be able to upload it uh, with captions or the metadata or audio to accommodate for that. Um, Because I think as long as you're ensuring whatever you're uploading is correct as possible, and that especially if it is, like you said, anything that has technical words in it, anything that's got lingo, anything that might have historic words that might be hard to translate, you need to make sure those are correct so that they can reach those audiences. Now, you've been posting about this on LinkedIn. I want to make sure people remember where you are on LinkedIn. Sure. Could you say that again and spell your name for us? Sure. So you can go find me on LinkedIn, Brett Snellgrove, it's a B-R-E-T-T. S-N-E-L-G-R-O-V-E. If you search for me on LinkedIn, you can easily find me there. Um, I've got uh, a direct URL as well, which is IAN backslash Brett Snellgrove, all one word. You can go to my profile there. I've got a whole bunch of uh, featured or tagged articles that are within my main profile that you can go see that include a lot of um, posts about the topic we're talking about right now. And I do honestly believe it's really powerful. And what types of services would you provide around this or other types of services? So for me at the moment, I am um, doing some consultation work at the moment. So I'm doing strategy work for a lot of different people at the moment um, and I'm interested in always finding new opportunities. So if people go to LinkedIn, look at what I'm about, read my about section, read my posts, want to find out more about me, want to get in contact, just drop me a message. Great. Brett Snellgrove and my name is Dane Golden. This is the Video Marketing Podcast. Just Google the Video Marketing Podcast or find it on my VidAction TV YouTube channel. VidAction.tv is my business where we help you up your game on YouTube, either organically or with YouTube ads. Most people don't do both. They do one Mm. or the other. We feel they work together Mm. to grow a channel and grow a business and create more sales for you. So until next week, here's to helping you help your customers through video.